everybody, and welcome back to the sixth stop of the Family Road Trip Podcast. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our two awesome, wonderful, amazing couples. So awesome that you're all with us. So this is the sixth stop of seven stops. And in short, what is that? It's an invitation to more fully encounter God alive in our marriages and in our families. So we have two couples that have been with us for six weeks. Next week is the finale. And uh, what does that mean? For six weeks, they've committed themselves on a weekly basis to gathering their family together to a time of talking and praying meaningfully and in a fun way using this Live It Gathering Guide, which you can find at... I love my family. Us. Awesome. So, so even now, as you're hearing this over radio, you can also watch the visual version and see older versions at I love my family. Us. Like, do we look older? Older versions. Did of I us? say older? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The historic, wonderful, award-winning okay. to be award-winning episodes. Anyways, I love my family. Us forward slash road trip live. You can see it on YouTube and Facebook. So excited that you are with us. Mm-hmm. And we're going to launch right away. We haven't done this yet, but we are going to show uh, the Live It video, very short Live It video. Every week, there's a new Live It video that corresponds to the subsequent Sunday readings. Some of them are really, really good. Some of them are a little bit cheesy. They're Schleter family <laughs> videos, little skits, little story-oriented things that set the stage for the gospel, for us to kind of think about the meaning in the gospel that's not meant to be just a heady thing, right? It's meant to come alive and be lived in our marriages and families. Join us now if you're listening over the airwaves. We'll talk you through it. It's not necessary that you see it, but here's a short little interaction with me and my youngest son, Dominic. Here we go. You've been wanting this watch. Why do you like it? I don't know. I'm going to try to connect the GPS watch to our theme for this week. Dominic has exhibited a real interest in running, not just running, but running fast. He's going for the world record. I'm kidding. But he is on top of that sort of thing. He likes the Louis Zamperini story. He was a total cut up when he was a kid. Keep going the way you're going, you end up as a bum on the street. His older brother challenged him to get serious about running. So he converted, if you will, all of that raw energy into competitiveness in running. You train, you fight harder than those other guys, and you win. Uh, he sat close to a world record in the mile. I don't know if he ever had it, but he had he the low did. fours or I something. I think he had four eight. Louis, a moment of pain is worth a lifetime of glory. We survived over 40 days at sea. and uh, We're going to die out here. We're not dying! Being held captive in a prison and enduring the horrible circumstances of that prison, but staying strong. Home battling with alcoholism and the whole deal, but came to know Jesus Christ. If you get me through this, I swear, I'll dedicate my whole life to you. So there are really kind of two major questions we have for you pertaining to the parable of the sower and the seed. The first question is, how many times have you experienced the word of God in your life? How many seeds have been planted in your life? The second question is, what difference has it made? I think if I'm really honest, I would say that a very small fraction of the seeds planted have taken root in my heart. And it's kind of a sad commentary. Certainly, some of them have taken root and have made a big difference. But what if I had allowed many more of those seeds to take root, if I'd cultivated them? The story isn't simply about the sower and the seed. It's about the soil. Am I allowing that seed to take root in the soil of my soul so that it really makes a difference in my life? 
That's all we got for you this week. We'll meet you this Sunday in the Eucharist. And, and above, above all, know how truly and deeply God loves you. So there we go. That is the short Live It Gathering guide, gathering video for this particular week. And just by way of introducing our wonderful guests here, um, actually, I'm going to just have you guys quickly introduce yourselves. And then I want to show a fun clip that illustrates a way of indoctrination taking place with one of the couples here. I won't tell you which, (laughs) but a certain sort of planting seeds and cultivating them toward a particular end in mind. But before we get to that clip, I'm piquing your appetite and interest. Who are you, Beaties? Where are you from? And tell us about yourselves here, week six, six stop of the seven-week Journey of the Family Orchard podcast. Oh, I got you guys on mute. Sorry. All right. <laughs> yeah, do tell us. Come on. There we go. I'm Rachel Beatty. This is my beloved husband, Philip Beatty. We are blessed and tired by our seven <laughs> wonderful children, ages 15 down to two. Awesome. Excellent. Let's go to the Elmores. I'm Rachel Elmore, and this is my husband, Jeff. We are. Um, Oh, sorry. <laughs> we have three wonderful children, and we have our fourth is on the way. Yeah. Way to be there for each other. That's <laughs> great. I Magnifico. Love it. Rachel is the youngest of a seven Schleeders with, I think, five in heaven praying for us. She would not have survived without that intercessory power. Uh, yes, yes, that yes, Rachel. That Rachel, Rachel Beatty. Beatty. And uh, Phil is an, is an engineer extraordinaire with Honda. So let's stimulate that economy. If you need a car, go out and buy a Honda. It'll keep you in business <laughs> too. Good. All right, good. And uh, the Elmores are a dynamic duel. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Full human health in the chiropractic form and art and craft in a Catholic package. I'm throwing a lot of words together. But bottom line is if you want to <laughs> really be better and not just put a Band-Aid on things, they're the ones, their knowledge and their heart and their love that they bring. Turning Point, chiropractic, all the way up here in Mommy. It's, it's worth the drive. Yeah, you know, I don't know, Montana, Connecticut. It's, it's, it's worth it. That's my, Make that the trip. True. You will feel, miracles are happening with these people. It's oh, great. Wow. Thank you. It's true. Thank it's really true. So, you know, we began with the sower and the seeds, and I know that just sets the stage for our conversation tonight here on the Family Road Trip Podcast in many forms. We'll get at a little bit of humor because I asked these wonderful families if they have a clip to send it in. And so I've got to now showcase a clip of unabashed indoctrination and brainwashing of a sower and seed <laughs> cultivation variety. So. Go, go green. Go white. Go <laughs> Say you of them, boo. <laughs> you of them, boo. You of them, boo. Boo. Oh. <laughs> Awesomeness. Give us a little portrait. What's going on there if it's not self-evident to all of us? Elmore's. So my, my um, sister and brother-in-law went to U of M. So every weekend in the fall when Michigan State and U of M play each other, we always capture some sort of video to send to them. And this one we just laugh at all the time because Malachi just takes a bite out of Isaac's <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Very lovingly, if I might add. Oh, if you're hungry, you're hungry. I don't have to tell you. They're boys. Cannibalism. Isaac's going to love that. He's the biggest Spartans fan. 
Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now, Rachel's an Ohio Agreed. State grad, so but that's I, yeah. not quite the We're major rivalry. We're both against though, so it's yeah. all yeah. Yeah. United. And I like how Malachi is, like, stomping on the ground, like, saying boo <laughs> with his feet. Right? Yeah, his hands. Yeah. Crushing him. Crushing him. Let's now go to the Beaties with a short little clip revealing a little fun formation indoctrination there also. This is all Philip. What okay. he chose to do with two precious days of his shutdown and his three precious daughters. Go ahead. Yeah, every uh, July, Honda has a week-long shutdown. So that's what Rachel's referring to. So I had the week off. And uh, on Monday and Tuesday, uh, I took three of our daughters canoeing um, from Marble Point, which is you know near... Uh, Marblehead. Excuse me, Marblehead, which is near Cedar Point. And we canoed up to Kelly's Island for a night of camping and then canoed back. So cool. um, we had a good window of great weather and uh, relatively calm water and, and uh, air, so wind, so. And you know that's um, Diocese of Toledo territory also Phil. Okay. So we got a little yeah. little four second clip here. We're gonna watch it and you'll hear the ambiance of the water and the waves and you see, it looks like Genevieve up front probably with the paddle, yeah. here we go. Yep. So a few older people who have to go to the bathroom right away. We'll wait Stop. 10 minutes. <laughs> so, what, I'm kidding. He didn't tell you that it was like a seven mile trip and they had all their camping gear and their food and it took them three hours. Wow. So when Bernadette read me the text from Philip, I'm waiting all day like, are they really going to do this? She read three in boat arrived and he had typed three H in boat, like three hours in boat. And I'm like, there were four. I swear there were four. <laughs> <laughs> Only three made it. <laughs> so I don't know if they're ever gonna go out with their dad again, but anyway. Yeah, it was great. pretty arduous. It was it was neat to uh you know be out in open water. You're yeah. uh, two and a half miles away from land and and there's very little reference to know how fast you're, or how yeah. slow you're actually going. Except it's if the ferry way. passed you a few times back and forth, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Exactly. Yes. yes. And it was it was concentration the whole way to make sure the canoe wasn't going to tip or point the wrong way know. with the different boats coming by. And um, yeah, it was pretty exciting. Well, wow. <laughs> awesome. Only Phil would use that word, exciting. Awesome. <laughs> Folks, you're with us on the Family Road Trip Podcast, Season 5, Stop 6 of the 7-Week Journey. And it's really all about this. It's talking. It's sharing meaningful experiences. And you're going to hear the rest of the night the same in different forms. And we encourage you to do this with your family. Make the time to do it. So we're going to begin with uh, lightning round questions. We've done this from the beginning. There are 50 questions at the beginning of this gathering guide. And we encourage you just to Again, circle up, have a family member pick a number and go around. This time I'm kind of off-roading a little bit. I'm just kind of coming up with a question that hasn't yet made it to our list of 50. But uh, we will begin with Elmore's ladies first. So Rachel, then Jeff, oh, and then Rachel Beatty and Phil and Steph and myself. But the question, lightning round question, sort of in 30 seconds or less. I'm going to ask you to be humble in this fashion. What is something recently that somebody complimented you on that you did really well? I'm the worst to go first, by the way. That rhymed. The worst good. to go first. Um, come on, Rachel. We could come up with something. We could compliment you right now. Yeah. Um, I'll just share with you at your engagement party. 
my cheeks, like I left there hurting because um, so many people came up to me mm. that you are Rachel. Yes, and yes. that that comment in itself actually mm. was a compliment because I don't know what you're talking about me about. <laughs> you're assuming it must it's have good. Been a compliment. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a good so, one. Thank you yeah. so much. It's that's nice beautiful. to know when people are saying kind, thoughtful things about you, which we yes. are, Rachel. So that's, that's beautiful. Awesome. Jeff. Um, you know, a compliment I think uh, was uh, when you asked us to say a decade of the rosary at Annie and Collins' um, yes. engagement party. That was a huge compliment mm. to us uh, for you to ask us to do that. So thank you so much. Mm. Thanks for doing it. It was yeah. an honoring yeah. thing for sure. Great. Beaties. Just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. This is a hard question. I, it's a good one, though, because we don't know the meaning of humility, most of us. I'm sorry. We, we're we uncomfortable with those areas we can give God glory by acknowledging good things we've done. So I know it's a challenge to me, and that's why I'm throwing it out there. We should do this. Encourage our kids to do this. And then we're going so, back to the list of 50. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking somebody said recently um, something along the lines of, you, when I talk to you, it's refreshing because you don't say the things that we expect that, that like I expect other people are going to say. Mm. I don't know if that's a compliment, but I took it as a compliment. For sure. I can be unique. That's, that's cool. You're authentic. <laughs> You're Much cool. appreciated. You're cool, Rach. Yes. <laughs> Felipe. And my compliment, I think the, the latest one was my mastery of the grill outside Ooh. this evening for dinner. So mm. just Who gave the chicken. compliment? Who imparted it, Phil? Like verbal, some it. of the kids, okay. Rachel too. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also, this weekend, <laughs> I got to see some some cousins. Well, excuse me, some of my sisters and their children. And uh, one of them complimented me. One of my sisters complimented me for being the the cool uncle because wow. I took a couple opportunities to to take some of the nephews and nieces out to see the town and uh, you know just see fireworks from a cool uh, precipice and. Uh, so that was that was a good compliment, I guess. Those yeah. are great compliments. Cool Uncle Phil. Now the challenge. <laughs> Drum roll, Stephanie Schleter. <laughs> pressing you beyond your comfort zone. I don't Share like one of this. the many, many ways that you've been complimented <sighs> recently. So I'm gonna go with something that you said yesterday or today. Um, so we've had a lot of activity mm. and um, our Annie, our daughter Annie has been mentioned, her engagement party. We had this past weekend and then we were blessed to have family still in town and um so it was a lot of uh just stuff beautiful blessed stuff but um anyway so when the last person left yesterday i said i think i'm just gonna go lay down for a little bit mm. <laughs> and <laughs> just a little bit so i don't know how long that little bit ended up being it started at three i think but um you just woke up 10 minutes ago i, I think, think i may have <laughs> but Greg said to me how he loved seeing me looking completely spent because it just was such a, um, a witness of being outpoured. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, mm -hmm. I love to love, you know, and um, so I took that as a compliment. Like I did, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to give all that I had to give and we love wow. our family and friends who are family and just to be able to love and to give like that and um 
yeah, that outpouring. We may, be, we may be a bit unusual in that way also. Many women may be thinking right now, are you kidding me? He said you look spent and tired and whatever else. <laughs> right. but, but no. You, you look so beautiful. You look but dead. But truthfully, from the very beginning, I've always, we had a conversation even today in our home about makeup and women, another conversation, another time. But from the very beginning, just a quick little side note here, the pressure that women face to have to conform I'm just gonna say it, to sort of artificial standards and um, whether or not women choose to wear makeup, I'm not making a judgment of any of that, but to know their unsurpassed beauty and value as God has made them to be from the very beginning. I've always thought you, Stephanie, my wife, and women are created absolutely beautiful. And the moments before we were even married, when she was on retreats or whatever the case may be, that spent kind of exhausted was just such an image of beauty to me. And it was similar after labor, quite frankly, after having a child. I mean, it was just, you you radiated beauty. You radiated, uh, you know, Our Lady. I really saw Our Lady's grace poured out in you. So I'm just going to say that. Now, you know that I'm sincere about that. Um, okay, your turn. All right, my turn. Thanks. So, um, no, a, a compliment recently was an invitation. I, I did film production and still do, certainly for our nonprofit, but also for um for nonprofit organizations in the past. And I was asked by a good friend, Ryan Hobbs, who is a leader with Walker Funeral Homes to help them develop story-oriented video to capture their really amazing culture that Ryan is very much part of helping to develop. And to help tell that story, I was able to capture the amazing, beautiful story of the loss of little Zeke McDonough, nine months old, um, Katie and Bobby McDonough, tragic, but majestically beautiful in a certain way and that story as they were connected to Ryan and how it built that relationship between the two of them and to capture that and film in the story I'm sure you'll be able to see that fairly soon but it was extremely moving and their whole office that were able to view it and those they look forward to sharing it with talked about the tears and how it awakened them to the importance of what they do in journeying with people at those very vulnerable, sensitive moments in their lives. And uh, really, as Catholics, to showcase that's a journey we're all on, right? Tragic age, nine months. But in the context of eternity, this is such a fleeting moment of time. So to tell that story and invite us into that story was really a delight to be able to do. And the compliment I received, I was very, very grateful for. Um, so, all right. Um, we're now going to go around and ask a little bit of a deeper question as we go deeper here on the Family Road Trip podcast. It was. We're just going deeper. Are yeah, we there yet? So. Are we there yet? So I'm going to ask you now, this time we will begin with the BDs. Each share a way you commonly struggle with inner discord and what you usually do or wish you'd do to find peace in Jesus Christ. I'll say it again so you have a moment to really think about it. And all of you who are listening or watching, Tell me this isn't a good question. It is. It's just a good question. Think about it. What is a way that you commonly struggle with inner discord? Tell me we don't have the occasion for that with the uh, riots, the George Floyd thing, the COVID virus, things in our families, discord that we read in the paper. We struggle with, right? And what do you usually do or wish you'd do to find peace in Jesus Christ, beginning with the Beatties? I definitely struggle with it quite a bit. So sometimes it's hard to sleep because I'm just kind of, feeling like the press of all the things that maybe I'm not doing the best way. Um, like with raising a family, there are so many decisions and it's just, it's a challenge sometimes to know um, that, you know, it's just a challenge. It's like, you can second guess everything. Sure. And um, I, anyway, 
So I really loved the gospel for today. That was mm -hmm. so perfect for me. So perfect. So it was the um, from Matthew, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. So I just um, I just feel that so much. And um, one, one of the things that I do when I just kind of feel burdened by like feeling like not doing things right or the pressure, um, like if I'm awake at night, I, I've written down a whole bunch of scripture passages. I have them in my handy dandy journal and I just go like I'll get up and I'll just go and I'll just start reading through them and they're just mm -hmm. about not being anxious or the Lord is looking over you um, he knows every hair on your head those kind of scriptures but I did I did want to read this other this passage please do okay. I um so this is the book interior freedom by uh, John. yes it's it's been it's like mm. I just reread it and reread it and I'm hoping it will like reset my mm -hmm. brain over mm -hmm. time. So I love this. It says under God's gaze. So I just want to say one way that I do this is when I'm praying, I try to be in God's gaze. Like I try to see myself under his loving gaze. So he says under God's gaze, we are delivered from the constraint of having to be the best or perpetually having to be winners. We have a deep sense of release because we don't have to make constant efforts to show ourselves in a favorable light or waste energy pretending to be what we are not. We can quite simply be what we are. There's no better form of relaxation than to rest like little children mm. in the tenderness of a mm. father who loves us just as we are. Mm. Beautiful. Wow. So, wow. Thank you, Rachel. Can you hold the book up again? Um, father yeah. Jacques Philippe, see Philippe? Felipe, he's the French, yeah. he's a priest, a beautiful, he's a Carmel something, right? Carmelite? Or, um, it's it's an interesting order, the community yeah. of the Beatitudes. Okay, right, right. I like that name. Um, some of our listeners, locally listeners, he's up in Michigan quite a bit and such, and he's he is an amazing writer. I think anything and everything that he has ever written is just very powerful, um, but that book in particular um, even our daughter, Catherine, actually, it's one of the books next oh. to her mm. bedside right now that she is really, the Lord is using and speaking to her in some mm. of her difficulties. Mm. And um, so it's just interior freedom. Anybody and everybody should look it up. Thank you. Thank Beautiful. you. Philip? Yeah, the things that cause discord for me, I think, are things that I wish were different. You know, I, mm. situations or having to do things that I don't think are you know, efficient. And part of that is my response to those, um, how I respond to those situations that should be different. I think I should pray, you know, Jesus' prayer of that, you know, not my will done, be done, but yours, Father. And and to uh, to have better, I guess, a priority and, and realize that, you know, the things may not be going the way I want them to, but to, to seize the moment and enjoy the relationships or the, the people that God has placed in my life now and at, the, at that time uh, and to, uh, you know, put priority on on them and not whatever it may be, whatever thing is distracting. Phil, I'm resonating with you and the word that jumps out at me is mindfulness, this new emergence, Catholic mindfulness to be aware of what did cause the discord and just being curious about it, right? Being curious, does this merit the discord that it's causing uh, and really, where is it leading me? And, you know, what is the cause? What are the triggers? And uh, what are alternate things that one can focus on or think about? Um, I think most of us find ourselves 
because we don't practice thinking about what's moving us to actually think about what is it and does it wor- is it worth it? I have power over this, right? I have power over, to a significant degree, over what is moving me to think about things. So I'm grateful for that and I agree with you. Elmore's. Gosh, you know, I, I thought I had discord pre-kids and then kids come along <laughs> and that adds a whole nother thing. But gosh, oh man, if someone went into my mind every day and the things that I worry about, business, growing a baby, three boys, mm-hmm. am I gonna like traumatize them in a moment of discipline for the rest <laughs> of their lives? And, oh gosh, but you know, I think how I deal with it is um, I look every day for an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it's going to be in this reflection. Yep, here we go. <laughs> and it's not there. Um, but sometimes I'll find it in a song on the way to work. Or sometimes it's a, what a patient will tell me. It's like mm-hmm. a light bulb and this peace will come over me. I'm like, needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I look for it daily. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish there was a little switch of peace that I could flip on because I have Jesus, but I just can't flip Mm. it on (laughs) for some reason. Um, So I don't know. I try every day, but. The Jesus switch. I love it. The Jesus switch. That's so good. (laughs) Jeff. I think one of the things for me is just um, sometimes my present time contentness. You know, I look around and, and we're in a rental house now and, Sometimes I look more at the flaws of it. I can't wait to get into our new house. Why well, just sit here and can't enjoy what's going on in this house right now mm. and uh, with our family. And, and I'm worried about, okay, is the closing going to be on time? And can we get the movers there? And I'm just thinking about all that while I'm changing a diaper, you know, and that's not good for anybody. So um, <laughs> one of the things that I, I do that's probably not the healthiest, but maybe someone will relate to it, is like kind of escape. Um, like I just talked about last week, I was, went to a trip to Indiana and we had a long car ride where I could just jam out to some like praise music. Mm. And what, what happens is, you know, a couple songs into it, you know, you sing along and jamming out. And all of a sudden you just kind of drift off. And, mm. and then you can I, I listen to what God's telling you at that point. And there's usually just something that kind of comes into your head and you're like, ah, you know. So I, I don't know if escapism is like the best thing, but like getting away and kind of shutting down mm-hmm. all that external noise so you can actually listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the things that I like to do. That's awesome. Folks, think about it. What is an area of discord? We all have it. And what do we do about that? Because throughout Scripture and certainly in the Mass, we hear it proclaimed, a truth of our nature, free us from all anxiety. That is useless. Free us from all anxiety. Useless anxiety. We're not meant to be inhabited by discord. And just one thought that strikes me all the time, and I remind myself of this, there's no room for discord in a soul filled with praise. There's no room for discord in a soul filled with praise. And maybe a big step for all of us to to practice together and help each other is be mindful. It isn't just that special moment on retreat that that's supposed to happen or that great moment at mass where finally the debris clears away and we don't need to worry about our kids. Those of you with little ones, don't worry about that. That's not gonna connect for another 15 years. But when that moment (laughs) happens in mass and it's peaceful or whatever, Mindful that God wants us to practice that all the time, that moment of connectivity, of peace, regardless of what's going on around us. 
He wants us to practice that sense of interior peace regardless, that Matthew 16, when the storms come and the waves break, and he says those who are on shifting sand, you know, they're going to get carried away, but those who are on solid rock, they're going to stand strong. So you're tuned in to Ignite Radio Live, and we're so blessed that you're with us, listening to us over radio or watching us at ilovemyfamily.us with these families and others who have made the commitment to put that flag in the sand and say, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, we'll more fully encounter God alive in our marriages and families. They're making it a ritual. What does that mean? Well, we ritualize what's important to us. We ritualize success in business, in sports, in academics. Why not in our homes? Have some part of our lives where we say, you know, we're going to create a context of encounter. And those who do this are experiencing, I think, tremendous grace. Again, the sixth stop of seven weeks, habit forming seven weeks. Hopefully it'll continue beyond that, but that's what's going on here. So let's just kind of get a quick report. How did your Live It gathering in your home go this past week? Let's begin at the Elmores. You know, um, this week was kind of just the allness of normalcy. Like there wasn't any of these big aha moments, but the kids asked to do it. They were engaged, they were intent, they paid attention at mass, they pointed to some words that they heard um, in the readings and mass that they had heard uh, us doing. And it was just amazing that after just five weeks or six weeks now, it's like just become so normal. Mm. Like that, that's what kind of struck me um, is just engaging these awkward conversations at first mm-hmm. have just become just a normal normal occurrence in our house. The so. extraordinary in the ordinary. And that's what it's yes. going to be. That's yeah. awesome. So good. Yeah. It's just comfortable, comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Even Malachi tonight goes, so are we doing that special thing again tonight? <laughs> oh. I said, oh, we'll, we'll pick it up again this week. And he goes, ah, shucks. <laughs> that's yeah. sweet. That's weird. awesome. Yeah, they love it. So. Beautiful. Went well. Thank you. <laughs> Beaties. We had, we did it a little bit shorter because we're just back from a trip like we were separated for a while. But some of the kids shared thoughts and uh, no, it was um, nothing earth shattering, but yeah, it was good. You know, some of the kids had other activities they wanted to get to. So yeah. So, Jeff's amused. Ahead, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff and Sorry. Rachel down south there. No, what I was going to say was just <laughs> that this is great. Um, that there will be weeks like that, and maybe many weeks like that, but it doesn't diminish the grace of the commitment. Like, I believe so strongly that the Lord honors our yes, and we may not see, you know, any grand moments of whatever, but just how He blesses us showing up in ways that we don't know and see and who knows, you know, with each of the kids or any of the kids, but just the witness of commitment also, even if it, you know, becomes or was in this moment a checkoff thing or everyone's tired or there's other things to do, you're still declaring something by coming together, by doing it, even if it's shorter, doing this or doing that. And in some ways, that kind of... um, makes it a little more ordinary, you know, and will allow other moments to stand out even brighter. So I guess I say to those of you who have done it, and it it has been how you guys described it, that's okay. And that's, again, part of the reality of life and the beauty of life. I'll say also, though, and this is to myself, a challenge for us to tell our children that, because that, I have had compromised 
um, priorities, if you will. And we have very, like you guys, very busy kids. And I have failed often with our children by sometimes not saying, and a week goes by without doing it over the years of our lives, and saying, you know, to Stephanie, hey, honey, we need to convey to our kids this is the highest priority. This is number one. After Mass, this merits that time, and our kids need to know it's more than just a get through it. This is sacred family gathering connection time. And when it makes, when it is such that they have to maybe not take up the babysitting opportunity that they have or whatever other thing that they're doing, it pronounces in their minds, this is a value that, uh, that grace will flow from. So quick note for me, this past week, I was able to connect with a dear friend, brother in Christ, who has battled alcoholism in recent history. And um, a number of beautiful children in his family is doing extremely well. And uh, his counselor, beautiful Christian counselor, had introduced him to a guy named Adam Young. And he passed along to me. So this friend of mine introduced me as Adam Young. And he said, Greg, you need to listen to this these various podcasts, but one in particular, family of origin issues. And in this particular podcast episode, Adam Young identifies six areas that are essential for health in our early childhood. And um, as he articulates those things, the first one is something like attunement. Our, our parents, were your parents attuned to your heart? Did they make time to really be attuned to what's going on in your life? And all the other ones kind of flowed from that, in my opinion, responding to it. Here's my point. This Livic Gathering Guide is the practicum. This is the, the framework for marriages, families to create that culture in homes where that is actually happening. We're actually eyeball to eyeball, certainly one-on-one is a key and indispensable and natural and organic, got it. But this is an occasion where you're pronouncing, we're pronouncing to our family, I care about you. I want to know what are your victories? What are your challenges? What is something that you're grateful for? How are you reflecting and internalizing the gospel that is meant to be more than just head knowledge, but like a lived experience? So I was blessed as I listened to that podcast and I did circle back with him and we talked about it, but blessed to be mindful that that's what we're all about here. We're about experiencing God alive and making that time. It doesn't regularly just happen. In fact, as you're listening right now, watching, one day will become a week, will become a month, will become a year, and there will be, track A if you do this, substantial grace and blessing, connectivity, forging and virtue and grace versus if we don't do it and you have all the ritual in the world, all the rosaries, all the masses, this is a game changer. Relationship at the heart of ritual is a game changer and it does take parents to overcome inertia, awkwardness, all the activities and say, no, this is a priority. That's for me and my house. So all, all I'll say in all of this, I feel like I'm lecturing. I apologize, but I'm looking in the mirror and I know this is to me also. Um, we need to create a culture where our kids experience it as the norm. When they talk, meet a prospective uh, spouse, which is really what dating is all about, that they're looking for a quality in somebody who's united with them in creating that kind of culture of encounter. We're going to go to the Beaties and ask you now, to share a specific story of a non-family friend you know personally who's made a substantial difference in your life. When my Beatrice, who's six years old now, was a baby, I went to a party. Our family was invited to a party for a priest who was like leaving our nearby parish. And at the party was this couple and they noticed our family, they noticed us with our, at the time, six children who were all very young. And she asked the host, um, 
could you introduce me to this couple, to, you know, this family? And she said, she told this friend, like, I think, if, do you know if they could use any help anytime? And that was how we met Jeff and Marianne Kiefer. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, uh, our friend introduced us. And from that moment on, Jane became, well, Jane was the one who introduced us. Mary Ann became um, such a, such an advocate for like grace and good humor and um, mentoring for me. Mm. And um, she like, it was really cool because her, she was at a stage where her three oldest children had like left her, her youngest had just graduated from high school. Mm. And it was, I, I, it always struck me that like a lot of people, I think when they are maybe thinking they're going to be free, like their kids are leaving the nest or whatever, they often do ministries and that's awesome too. But I, it struck me how cool it was that her first instinct was there's somebody right here in front of me that the Lord like maybe mm. put in my heart or put in my life. And so she has been, yes, there, there's Jeff and Marianne. So they've, you know, one of them sponsored one of our kids for confirmation. They're, they've taken our kids to their um, house for like different weekend trips for like canoeing or just um, so one time I, this past Christmas, I was just having a really difficult time just with the children. We just had some crisis. Mm. I felt like crisis issues and they dropped everything. They came, they brought all these cinnamon rolls. Marianne took me out to lunch and she's just that kind of person. She mm. just, wow. or if the kids call her, they love Aunt, Aunt Marianne and Uncle Jack. They'll call her all the time, Aunt Marianne, and like just to chat with her. What a gift. So she's just a special person and I'm awesome. so blessed. Thank you, Rachel. Beautiful. Felipe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of a uh, Michigan State Spartan. Uh, <laughs> 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 right. Um, I went to Michigan State, actually, too. And uh, um, one of my roommates uh, was quite a good example, like a subtle example, as I was reflecting on this question. Um, I think, I'm thinking of Nick Sanabria. And uh, he uh, cool was name. a fellow engineering student as well. Um, he kind of a neat story. He was a second generation immigrant. His parents mm. were from Puerto Rico. And you said that well, just, by the way, in your Hawaiian shirt. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and just his, his dedication and seriousness in school, uh, in mm. college is the value of education for him. And it was, it was clear and just his, um, seriousness in his studies, but also and, and professionalism too, in, in applying for, for work and, and, uh, in his career and uh and always you know personal guy carrying a smile and uh just uh, a good example a good good roommate to have when you know you're you're going probably through school and you've got other temptations it's good to have a roommate who's buckled down <laughs> at his desk mm. studying and, uh, uh, you weren't yeah, a partier I, though I, phil i can't imagine that I, in my remotest <laughs> imagination no i you're right i tried to I tried to get through it and uh you think he's going to uh, tell you that here now with your sister <laughs> next to him and on she live radio? All. I know got she knows all. Program, yeah, so that's right. Got to get an hour. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Great. Awesome. Elmore's. Um, I'll go first. Yeah. So I would like to share um, about Father Jeff Walker. Mm. Um, it was probably about two years ago now. I went to a woman's retreat at St. Rose and um, I went and he had a discussion and then he's like, go to the church and reflect on these questions. So I went to the church and reflect and I'm just like, 
oh, answering these questions. What do you want to be better at? What do you want people to think about you? And honestly, I put, I want to be a better chiropractor and I want to be a really good cook and I want to work out more. I was putting all these things. And then you go down to the next question. It was like, do you want to know Jesus more? And mm. do you want to pray more? And do you want to go to church more? And I was like, oh my gosh, mm. like, it literally took my breath away. Because mm. guess what? Those were none of mm. my answers. Mm -hmm. Pagan. And so I actually, Malachi was just a few months old. So I, I had to hurry back. I couldn't finish the retreat. But the following week, I sought him out for confession. <laughs> And I had to tell him, I cannot believe like my list and what your list said it should be. And um, he gave me this beautiful prayer, the litany of humility. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I thought I was happy, you know, two kids, awesome husband, but that, that moment mm. on, I'm just joyful. My life has changed because, and if he's listening, I've been meaning to write him a thank you card for three years for changing my life. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing thank like being you. broadcast throughout the world and telling him your deep appreciation for him over yeah. radio and podcast. <laughs> That's so, so good. Awesome. Father Jeff beautiful. Walker, we love you. So many have yes. been blessed by you. And here's one amazing example of just your yes affecting another yes. yes. Jeffrey. <laughs> So I went along the same lines with Rachel um, and thought of my first thought of was actually Bishop Thomas. Mm -hmm. I went with another priest and um, we sat down for lunch with Bishop Thomas a couple, I don't know, a couple last months fall. last fall now. And we were talking about, you know, how do we integrate faith more in our practice, mm -hmm. you know? And um, so he gave us some great mentorship advice that kind of leads into our next topic. And we were looking at things completely wrong. And he just helped us kind of see what our mission and role in life was. And once we got that figured out, everything just kind of clicked into place. But it was like an aha moment leaving there. And um, it, it was pretty amazing um, stuff. So that lunch that we had with Bishop Thomas was one of the life-changing things that we had. Yeah. Really awesome, folks. You're with us along the family road trip. Which of us don't love road trips? And hopefully we're breaking out of the COVID containment and we know there may be continued concerns and all of that sort of thing. But we got to break out. We're made to break out. Get out, go in the park, go for a walk, get in a car and with your family, go for a road trip. And this is really kind of a metaphor, right, of the road trip of eternity, the journey into eternity that hopefully we're making for sure in our marriages and families. But the, the image of the church, right, we're a pilgrim church making our way to eternity. And uh, it ought to be marked by asking meaningful questions. There should never be a time where we're saying, gosh, I'm bored or I've got nothing to do because our souls are eternal. Think about that. Our souls and the souls of those whom God has put in our lives are eternal. We should have curiosity. We should have a sense of wonder of what makes one another tick and what what are their you know what are their desires and their dreams and their hopes, their challenges, their struggles. Unpack that. It makes us better people. It validates them and what's going on in their lives. So to help us do that, we've got this Live It Gathering Guide. It's been going now for years seven or eight years now on a weekly basis based upon Sunday readings. You can find it at ilovemyfamily.us. So we began tonight, the sixth stop of the seven-week journey, kind of tapping the gospel for this coming Sunday, the parable of the sower and the seeds. And we showed the little livid clip. They kind of asked the question, you know, have we had these seeds planted within us? And have we really cultivated them? 
All the things that you are wonderfully sharing tonight, Beatties and Elmores, and let's face it, which of us haven't had in our lives amazing seeds planted in the Word of God, certainly, but through friends that have made them even more salient. Before we get to this amazing conversation we're going to have about mentoring and its importance of us being mentors and having mentors, we just got to show a fun clip on this 4th of July week. But that's why I love watching the Olympics, because I love hearing other people's national anthems. That's why I want to hear it like, like on, on the Olympics, see some guy you've never heard of from some random country win a gold medal, just to hear their random national anthem. It's like lipping the words. I've always wanted to hear Bob Marley, the reggae man, do his uh, version of the national anthem. Maybe kind of... Can you see? <laughs> but it don't really light, man. <laughs> the rocket's red glare. Bombs bursting in air. But the flag's still there. <laughs> How about Neil Young? My, my, hey, hey. <laughs> She's starting away In the land of the free And the home of the brave Look at the flag She's starting away How about Dave Matthews? Oh, say, can you see my the dawn's early light was so proudly we hailed? Put your hand uh, on your heart and sing to the flag as it flies so beautiful. Up in the sky, like a bang, 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 do the national anthem. Kids, you have no idea who that is. I don't care. (laughs) But I think Bob Dylan might do the national anthem. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? What's so proudly we hail at the twilight's first gleaming? Yes, we live in the field, all right? We live in America. Uh. <laughs> so there you have Very it. Good. God bless Tim Hawkins, God bless oh. America on this 4th of July week. And it's very evident from the very beginning, the very fabric of our country that has undergone trials and challenges. And we've faced them really fraying to an unbelievable degree. I think if the four founders, founders, founding fathers, mothers would have at the very beginning looked ahead to these moments, uh, who knows what they would have thought. But we know we're under stress. We know that there's a, a good degree of clouds that linger over all of us, but at the very heart of it is a conviction of God's ordaining us toward himself. Awesome to have you guys with us here on the Family Road Trip Podcast. Let's turn to the question of mentoring. Any thoughts from any of you guys on the importance of mentoring? Have you been mentored and what difference has it made? Yes. So in my thing, I talked about um, Bishop Thomas at lunch that we had. And I was just looking at how we can incorporate our faith more and live our faith more in our our primary vocation as chiropractors. And he's brought attention to us and said, what's your primary vocation? Uh, So we're chiropractors. 
this that's not your primary vocation at all. He says, you know, you you guys um, serve God, you serve Christ, but you are a spouse first. Mm-hmm. You are a parent, and then you know you're a family member, and then after that, you get to be a chiropractor. You mm-hmm. serve God that way. And so, where we thought, hey, let's incorporate God more in, in our in our practice. He said, no, incorporate it more in our relationships with mm. each other. And then it spills over into those things. And so we made a conscious effort to really focus on Rachel and I. And our clinical results just went through the roof. Mm. The phone was ringing nonstop in our practice. And things were good in our home. And it was just like, you know, I thought it was just going to be this big complex answer, but it was so simple. And so sometimes we look at these big issues and uh, a mentor can help put it into perspective mm-hmm. for you. And uh, it was something that just changed our lives. And so we've gotten to use that now for relationships that we have, friends and, and family members whose relationships are struggling. And you start kind of looking at their prioritization of things. Mm-hmm. And so where we were mentored on one simple principle, we've been able to help friends with that who are struggling with us. So we've been able to mentor people because of it. That's awesome, Jeff. And I have to say those points of contact that are life-changing, thanks be to God for them, that reach inside and identify very clearly with something in our lives and, you know, result in an action. Um, Let me press you both further. I don't think many of us have mentors. I don't think many of us choose people that guide us, that we we avail ourselves to as parents in an ongoing way, in a context of accountability, week after week, perhaps, uh, touch points, where they're charting that progress and we're moving forward in that. I'm throwing that out there, the hard, that's the gauntlet. I'm putting the gauntlet down. How important is that? Do you guys get what I'm saying? And how important is yeah. that? Do we need to do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would say that um, without, I think that, so we all have relationships with other couples that are around our age and around our stages right and those are wonderful and we can sort of talk about like common experiences but i think there's something so significant about the people who have been mentors to me because they're sort of a disinterested interest Mm. so by that i mean they're very interested but they're not um okay i i sort of feel like there's a tendency sometimes to compare among women, maybe, I don't know. At least I've noticed it among, there's almost um, like, um, you know, you see what they're doing and you kind of are like, oh gosh, why aren't, why aren't we doing it that way or what, stuff like that. But with a mentor, I, I feel like the ones that I've had, they're so um, just wholeheartedly wanting to give to us and share with me their wisdom and what they've got. You know, they want to see us succeed because they find that they, you know, like we would be different people without some of the people who have like counseled us or shared things with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and another reason for me even raising this question is as we've over the years tried to foster culture where marriages and families are making their homes places of encounter. So we've got the Live It Gathering Guide. We've got our events. We've got all of that. I will say a decisive piece that has been missing is a context of accountability, that we are naming somebody who takes us under their wing, who prays for us, who we share the the challenging, difficult things in our lives, and who speak truth, speak life, speak challenge into that with love. Um, And and I guess I'm suggesting, I don't think that that culture is there. Um, But I, I do recognize that it is a decisive attribute of success that has to be 
elevated. It has to be discovered. It has to be cultivated. Um, if we're going to see, I don't know, families become great families, business people become great business people, community become great community, more than just these touch points of a retreat or a book or a kind of, but a, a journeying with. Pope Francis does speak about Can accompaniment. Absolutely, Steph. So one, I want to comment quickly, Jeff, on your story. And especially, I mean, Ignite Radio Live, we are here in Toledo, Ohio. We are so blessed. So I want to give a, a big, warm, wholehearted shout out to Bishop Thomas, mm. because he has led us and shepherded us with such grace and beauty and um we're just very blessed to have him on so many different levels, you know, from the moment he came, you know, really calling us to truly be a holy diocese of Toledo through um, holy disciples, holy vocation, or holy families, holy disciples, holy vocations, which in his mentoring you, Jeff, in that, in Rachel, in that conversation really was life-changing. So you have him as a broad leader in the church, right? Pray for him because all of our priests, but in particular our bishops, are under so much attack right now on so many levels, and that we just pray um, for the Lord to truly guide them and for them to turn to the Lord and be open to the Holy Spirit in that. And so um, if I can just throw in something about mentorship also, what Greg is saying, just the beauty and gift and goodness of having a regular mentor, I think most of us um, don't have that, and it is the ideal. I know as I was raising a, a younger mother, if you will, I knew the people that I could turn to, and it mm. wasn't necessarily on a regular basis. I did have a wonderful um, spiritual director, Sister Mary Andrew, for many years, who was just an amazing holy woman. Um, but in regards to somebody who was walking the same path that I was, but mm. yet ahead of me, I love your description, Rachel, of the interested disinterest or whatever whatever that phrase was kind of captured it i totally know what you mean but i think also there's something so good about truly knowing a person who can be there even though if it's not a regular thing which is the ideal like i know i'm just going to throw out two names barbara Kett and um gretchen lori were two amazing women um from erie pennsylvania that i knew i could go to with questions or um, you know, seek advice or how did you do this when your kids were going through this or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and even now, like as our kids are, most of them are, well, we have a couple adults <laughs> or so they think. Um, and the other ones, you know, kind of in those teenage years, you know, I'm going to throw out a name too, Molly McCartney, who many of our listeners know the McCartney family, wonderful family. They've been on our radio show and such, but you know, like, how did you do this? And so I think the Lord really blesses us with those touch point moments too, just the knowledge of the person to go to. And I'm convinced of their continuing pra continuous prayers, which to me is just huge also. So that's great, but I'm... I know, you uh, can well, edit no, that I, too. Just, I want to raise the question for all of us and here on Ignite Radio Live, the Family Road Trip podcast, that decisive for us to become the best versions of ourselves is to identify somebody who has wisdom, virtue, godliness, uh, to speak to our lives in an ongoing way. And, and most of us do not have that person. And as long as we don't, I think we can kind of just kind of sort of go at it. And we can kind of hit and miss it. 
It's a different thing. Um, if we read the gospel of this past Sunday, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It was understood in the days of Christ that you came under the discipling of a master, of a rabbi in many cases, and Jesus, of course, was the rabbi. The yoke literally meant that you take on this mantle of the one who is teaching you and guiding you. You availed yourself to their guidance and their direction, um, respecting your freedom and all of that. Arguably, Many men and women will advance to a much greater degree if we have ideally spiritual direction is what it's called. We've just lost that is my point. And as a result, many of us, I think, feel adrift often. Um, and we will pick up the phone and maybe call in times of crisis or times of conversation. I'm simply saying, wouldn't it be awesome if each of us maybe prayerfully considered, Lord, who might you be calling me to ask? Will you mentor me? and to, deci to decide that that will be on a regular basis and that it's somebody that you can be very frank with the dimensions of your life and seek their prayerful guidance in particular areas. Secondly, for those here on this call, who is maybe some person that we know is younger than us, maybe hasn't been to the point where our life experience that we can prayerfully be a mentor to? We need to create a culture of mentors. We need to create a culture where we are in a direct, dedicated, accountable way, leading people more fully into the best version of themselves. That's Amen. Amen. Maybe this came off more as a lecture or a monologue or a hope than it did a conversation. But uh, I, for one, know that I need to <laughs> identify that. Um, Phil is looking a little transparent tonight. I'm sorry. He had to go pick up one of the kids. Understandable. That's okay. Got <laughs> you can use it or not. Please. Labeled what I was going to say, you're cultivating a culture, or you know, mm -hmm. because I feel like um, when I mentor somebody in the office just as an appointment, like sometimes we'll just be talking and then they get up and go to the door and then go, Whoa, whoa, I didn't even adjust you again. <laughs> like that's all they needed. Mm. And then I was like, Well, wait, how did I know to say that to them? I'm like, Oh, yeah, someone mentored me on that. Mm. And just think of what our world, I mean, we, we could create this like vicious cycle of like positive mentoring. I mean, mm. how beautiful would that be? But I think you're right that we need to start with ourselves mm. on a regular basis. So so we do have with our Pentecost365.us, it's a men's movement united with our wives. You can all check it out at Pentecost365.us. It essentially begs the question, what are the fundamentals of living the Catholic faith, the basics? What are the occasions God gives us to receive that grace outpoured? And one of the fundamental things is that we are plugged in to an accountable group of brothers that is meeting regularly and pursuing these things. And I will say I've been extremely blessed with my brother, Bill Noltner, and we connect on a weekly basis. We co-mentor each other. So in that case, we're bringing to each other on a weekly basis the d difficult, challenging areas of our lives and speaking wisdom. And invariably, we're in similar places um, of challenge, of parenting, right, of work, of the world around us, of navigating right attitudes with things around us. So we begin with prayer. It's real simple. We begin with prayer. We identify an area of success over the prior week. We identify areas of challenge. We speak truth and love and life to each other. And uh, we close with prayer. But the, the cool thing is this, that because it's week after week, and this is maybe the point I'm trying to emphasize, there's a context of content, there's continuity, there's growth, there's marking actual 
progress in attitudes and in actions that I can say are making a difference in my life and I, I hope and pray I know is making a difference in Bill's life. And so the other brothers in this Pentecost 365 of our larger group are doing the same. They're co-mentored with other men. And I'll say it's a decisive thing that is helping us really move forward in the spiritual life, which is really amazing. Folks, so blessed that you are along the road trip with us, a family road trip podcast in the sandbox often just trying to say, Lord, we want to live for you. And uh, it isn't always super clear. It isn't always um, comprehensible to us. But we're saying yes. We're having confidence that what you call us to, you provide for, and that you do it in the context of marriage and family and community. So thank you for being with us along this journey, for exploring those difficult questions, and just have confidence. I encourage you tonight or today, whenever you're seeing this or hearing this, to know that God loves you, that he's in the midst of it, and he's, he's working it out. And uh, often it's just opening the door and finding other people to ask the right questions and to receive that grace. So, so blessed that you're with us, the sixth stop of the seventh stop journey. Until next time, God bless you. Bye.